They've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to the Bible with the Barbers. <laughs> Mary Danielle, this is going to be a fun show because we get to answer questions that people ask on the app, especially on confession. We get to talk about one of my favorite saints, Saint Charbel. <laughs> And we're going to be talking about the daily readings for Thursday. That's right. Thursday and of the 16th I'm, I'm week of Ordinary Mary. Time. I'm excited, too. Good. <laughs> it's nice to be back in the studio with you. Yeah. So here we are. So we have the reading for Thursday. Um, again, this is broadcasting Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Please tell your friends. <laughs> Join us at Bible with the Barbers. Um, the gospel is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. The disciples approached Jesus and said, Why do you speak to the crowds in parables? He said to them in reply, Because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven have been granted to you, but to them it has not been granted. To anyone who has more, to anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. And from anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because they look, but do not see, and hear, but do not listen. Or understand Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them which says you shall indeed hear but not understand you shall indeed look but never see gross is the heart of this people they will hardly hear with their ears they have closed their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and be converted and I heal them but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear Amen, I see to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That last part of the gospel got me. Yeah, there, there are many people who long to see what the apostles see, and to hear what they hear, and did not. And the, the reality is that, um, you know, ever since the time that God <laughs> promised the Savior, yeah. All of the prophets, all of the patriarchs long to see the Savior. And, of course, we have Simeon at the Annunciation, the old Simeon. He, mm-hmm. he comes to the temple inspired by the Spirit, and he says, Now, Lord, you can dismiss your servant in peace. He didn't make the sign of the cross. We do. We say it in the office. Yeah. But, but the reality is, is that he had prayed for the Messiah, and he had asked the Lord, Let me see the Messiah before I died. And God granted him that. So many, many people had longed for this and waited for it and prayed for it mm-hmm. and hadn't. And now the apostles are privileged to see the Messiah in the flesh. They're, they're walk- they walk with him. They talk with him. Um, and, and they're, um, it's just, sometimes we don't appreciate what we have. Yeah, that's true. You know, we have Jesus, so it's like Jesus present in the Eucharist. Do we appreciate the fact that Jesus Christ is present with us in the Eucharist? Do we really appreciate his presence? Do we spend time with him? You know, it's not, I remember when, whenever I pray the Angelus, and it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And I like to pause for just a few seconds to remind myself, and he still remains with us in the Holy Eucharist. Right. He hasn't left us. Yes, he went back to heaven, but he remains with us in the Blessed Sacrament as he is present in heaven. He's really still here. It's funny you should mention that. The following Tuesday, you know, this is Thursday, but this coming Tuesday, Bishop Strickland 
is going to be talking about the Holy Eucharist in his own priesthood oh, and how, beautiful. you know, he starts his day before the Blessed Sacrament yes, and he ends his day before the Blessed Sacrament. And he told us wow. he's going to give us some antidotes regarding his devotion to the Holy Eucharist. So that will be on uh, the Bishop Strickland hour of next Tuesday. Praise God. Well, thank you, Bishop Strickland. We're so grateful to have him here mm. on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, helping us to understand our faith Absolutely. better and to, to de- delve more deeply into our faith so that we can live our, our union with God more fully. Amen. And I discovered a very great treasure in the back of the Catechism of the oh, Catholic this Church. Is great. There are scripture references. And people are saying, well, what does the church say about this passage or that passage? And now the church doesn't, hasn't, uh, has not dogmatically proclaimed every passage in the scripture. But if you go to the back of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and this is before the index, okay, mm-hmm. um, you have a whole section of scripture references. And you can look at the reference and then look up the paragraphs. So for Matthew um, 13, verses 10 through 17, the gospel we just read, they refer us to the beginning, to paragraph 787 in the Catechism. And what does that say? From the beginning, Jesus associated his disciples with his own life, revealed the mystery of the kingdom to them, and gave them a share in his mission, joy, and sufferings. And so that's the beginning of that paragraph. And there, there's a footnote there, and it has compared to Matthew 13, 10, 17. There are other passages also that that refers to. But So from the beginning, Jesus chose certain men, and it's not because of anything they did. It's because of the choice that his father made. Mm-hmm. You know, And so um, he gives them the grace for their office. And, and, and Jesus, he, he gives to his disciples. He lets them in, as it were, on the secret. You know, and so he's preaching the kingdom of God. And he's revealing to his apostles what that kingdom is. And, and so he, he draws those people into a very intimate communion with himself. His apostles lived with him for three years. They followed him around. They ate meals with him. They they lived with him. They were poor with him. Mm. <laughs> they they had you know this, what did he say? The, the the birds of the air have nests and and the foxes have dens, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay That's his right. head. That's right. And so the apostles got to follow our Lord in this and understand what it would mean. And and Jesus, you know, when he calls us to to the kingdom of heaven, this is a serious call. And we have to make a choice, okay? What happened to the people here? It says, well, he says, well, why, you know, Apostle, why don't you talk to them? Why don't you talk to them plain? Why, why do you talk to them in parables? And he says, because they look and do not see, and they hear and do not listen. Gross is their heart. They hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and be converted. And I heal them. So it's not just about hearing the gospel. It's responding. You hear the words. You have to respond. You have to make a choice for Christ. If you're going to enter into the kingdom of God, you have to choose whether or not you're going to give up the things of this world in order to have the kingdom. And this is one of the mistakes we make in our world today is thinking that, well, I I can live comfortably in this world and just have all of the comforts and ease of this world and, and still be pleasing to God. Well, actually, um, no, because if my focus is on this world, then God is not first in my life. There you go. And what is the first commandment? I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not have strange gods before me. What, what is the commandment that sums up the first three commandments? Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul, with all your strength and will. Yep. So 
everything in us must be oriented toward God. Everything that is that we consider ours on this earth mm-hmm. must be at the service of God and the gospel. And then we give that to him, and he in turn directs us to the work that he has given us to do. Every one of us has a part to play in the building of the kingdom of God. Every one of us, God has given to each one of us a task that he hasn't given to anyone else. And if we don't fulfill that task, it doesn't get done. And so we want to ask the Lord daily to have the courage to open our eyes and open our ears. The Jews at the time that Jesus was preaching were expecting a nationalistic kingdom. They were expecting Mm. the return of the kingdom of David. Like a military leader, right? Exactly. They hadn't fully understood that God wasn't coming to reestablish them as a world power, (laughs) that he was coming to preach another kind of kingdom, a kingdom that would be in this world but not of this world, a kingdom that wouldn't promise prosperity, a sufficiency, yes, God gives to everyone a sufficiency, but it didn't mean they were going to be rich or that they were going to be the rulers of the world. It just meant that they would be in union with God in everything that they did, and in that they would find the peace and the joy of Christ. And this is what we're striving for as Christians. This is what we have to ask ourselves. You know, that Jesus is, you know, he's talking to the people in parables and, and they're not understanding unless they're willing to change their lives and follow Christ radically, to change, to be, to be willing to give up their preconceived notions. So for the, the, the Jews of his time, they had to give up their preconceived notion of their um, ethnic, militaristic mm. kingdom. And they had to be willing to accept the kingdom of God as Jesus preached it. And, and that's what each of us has to do. We, you know, it's oftentimes people say, well, do you want to get to heaven? Oh, yeah, we all want to go to heaven. Well, how many people want to be saints? Oh, you know, no hands mm. go up or a few hands go up. And you're like, well, people, they're only saints in heaven. But we have this idea, oh, well, I can't be a saint. I mean, being a saint means to you have to suffer all this suffering or you have to do all these miracles or you have to always know the right answers or always be, you know, never feel any emotion or never. No, being a saint doesn't mean you're an angel. We're, we're, we're human beings. We have bodies. And we still have the 11 emotions that are all good that God gave us. And if we see injustice, we should feel the emotion of anger. If we see something that's threatening our lives, we should feel the emotion of fear. The question is, how do we use it? What do we, how do we guide and direct that in a godly way? Mm-hmm. You know, if you see an injustice, well, it's not for you to go and commit another injustice to try and correct it. You know, so you see somebody um, hurting someone or beating them up, so you don't beat the guy up and kill him. You know, you stop him. You use proportionate measures to stop him. You call the police. You restrain him. You try and get him arrested sure. for doing what he's doing. But you'll feel you're still going to be human. You still have your life in the body. You don't kill your emotions and don't pretend you don't have a life of the body. Being a saint, I remember when I was in college and I said to a priest, well, I know I'm called to be a saint. And he said, what does it mean to be a saint? And I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know, Father. And he said, it means living in union with God. Yep. So that's what it means. Being a saint means living in union with God. Well said. We're going to take a quick break. Bible with the Barbers. Tell your friends to tune in. All of our shows are on podcasts like all the other shows at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We come back, we're going to take on the question of why do Catholics go to confession to a priest? Got a good answer for that. Open your Bible to John 20. That's a tip. Right back. 
Hi, this is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show, also from Jesus 911. Let's face it, we all need to use the internet, but we need screen accountability. Why? Pornography is a huge problem, especially on the internet. And every time we tap into the internet, we get bombarded with images and temptations that degrade our humanity. So we need Covenant Eye to block these pornographic sites and advertisements from infiltrating our lives. Covenant Eyes helps us take custody of our eyes and custody of our intellect. So I recommend you go to CovenantEyes.com and type in the promo code, the NPR, to support the network. Protect yourself and your family from the eminent threats on the Internet. www.covenanteyes.com code BMPR live porn free thank you for listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio thank you, God bless you, keep the faith Leviticus 11.44 says consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy St. Vincent Pilati said you must be holy in the way God asks you to be holy. God does not ask you to be a Trappist monk or a hermit. He wants you to sanctify the world and your everyday life. May God show us the path to holiness and help us to follow it all the days of our life. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%! Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. You're all set. Welcome back, and thank you, Matthew, for bringing us back. Okay, so we want to deal... We had an app listener question this week, and the app listener was asking, what's the difference between just confessing my sins to God and going to confession? And so... Um, I wanted to answer that question. I thought, you know, that would be a good thing to bring up on the radio. I did answer the question. By the way, app listeners, if you're asking questions, if I haven't answered a question, please send it again if it's been a while. Um, sometimes I get behind and then sometimes I, you know, I don't get everything answered. So if there was a question you had that didn't get answered, please just send it again and I'll, I'll try and get to that as fast as I can. Just for reference, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraphs 1420 through 1498 deal with the sacrament of healing, the sacraments of healing, mm -hmm. and the sacrament of Article 4 is on the sacrament of penance and reconciliation. So where do we get the idea that we're supposed to confess our sins to a priest? Well, Mary, I love using this practical apologetics book that we did 25 years ago. You know, the question and answer, it's like the Baltimore Catechism. It says, you know, only God can forgive sin. Catholic priests don't have the power. That's what they say. Okay, true. It's ultimately God right. who forgives sin. But he chooses to delegate his power to forgive sins to his priests. When a priest pronounces absolution over a penitent, he declares, I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
although we see and hear the priest, we should think of Christ using his hands and lips of the priest. The priest acts in the place of Christ, just as he does when he's celebrating Mass. Notice he says, I absolve, not Christ absolves. Just at Mass, he says, this is my body, not this is Christ's body. Right. Now, the Father sent the Son, Jesus, with authority. Now, Jesus, in turn, sent the apostles with authority. Open your Bible to John 20, verse 21 to 23. He tells us, Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Check this out. This is very interesting. Jesus breathed on the apostles. The only other time God breathed on someone was when he breathed life into Adam. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Jesus breathed life into the apostles, gave them authority to know that the Father had given to him in order to know which sins were to be forgiven and which sins would be retained. The apostles must have heard confessions. It is here that Jesus gave his priests, the apostles, those who would later ordain the power to forgive sins. Amen. And it's and again, if you look at Catechism paragraph 1441, makes it clear, yes, mm -hmm. we understand as Catholic, only God has power to forgive sins. But Jesus is the one who instituted the sacrament, as Terry read mm -hmm. in John 20. 20, where he breathes on the, on the apostles and he said, whose sins you shall forgive, they are forgiven them. And whose sins you shall retain, they are retained. And the church, it's interesting, the church doesn't require the confession of venial sins. No. The church actually requires the confession of mortal sins, she requires that people go to Holy Communion at least once a year. Mm. In order to receive Jesus in Holy Communion, we cannot be conscious of serious moral evil that we have willfully committed. If I have commit, willfully commit a serious moral evil, that's called a mortal sin, and done it, you know, with, it's sure. a mortal sin full if I've done it, will. full consent of my will. You know, I know it's, I know it's serious moral evil. Mm. I did it anyway, and, and um, with full freedom then that's a mortal sin, and it separates me from God. Mm. So I can't receive sacramental communion unless I go to confession first. And those mortal sins can only be forgiven in the sacrament of confession. And what's interesting is the church, though, also encourages her children to go to confession on a frequent and regular basis as a means of strengthening us against temptation. So it's not like, uh, don't, don't wait to go once a year. Don't wait till you commit a mortal sin. Go to confession on a frequent and regular basis as a means to strengthen yourself against temptation, to ask God for the grace to resist temptation, to overcome sin in your life. Right. You know, e even though um, Jesus forgave sins, yes, and he, you know, he, he, he came to regenerate sinners into the community, to, to forgive them and bring them back into the community of the people of God. He, he established a church. So when we sin against God and divide ourselves from God, we're also dividing ourselves 
from the church and from ourselves, actually. Mm -hmm. But And that's why this penance has to have a public aspect to it because we need to be reconciled in a visible way to the church that we have broken away from through our sins. Um, it's interesting. Yes, our sins are forgiven when we sincerely go to God and say we are sorry. Mm -hmm. But if we've commit mortal sins, we need the sacrament of reconciliation to reconcile us with the church. And um, you can, you should, <laughs> I want to say, we should all be at least examining our conscience at a minimum once a day. But we can also do it several times during the day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at midday, mm -hmm. um, in the evening, and then before we go to bed to, to, to ask the Lord to forgive us the sins that we have committed during the day and then pour out his precious blood upon us mm -hmm. and then give us the grace to be reconciled with him. And, and Christ is constantly calling us to conversion. And people are like, well, why? You know, it's like, well, in baptism, yes, original sin was removed. But mm -hmm. see, the trick of it is the effects of original sin were not removed. Nope. And the effects of original sin is that we have a darkened intellect and a weakened will. So the darkened intellect, our will was made to choose the good. And our intellect was made to know the good so that our will would freely choose the good. So before sin, Adam and Eve clearly saw the good, and it was easy for them. All the faculties of their body were easily under their control of their intellect, which saw God as the good. It was easy for them to choose the good. For us, because our intellect has been darkened and our will weakened, our intellect can, can choose a created good above God. God should be the first. We should be oriented toward God. But we're oriented toward any good that God made, and we may be choosing any good that God made in place of God. And even in venial sin, we're, we're not, not serious matter, but we're still choosing something created mm -hmm. over God himself. You know, Mary, I, we were talking about Bishop Sheen's quotable Sheen about the will. Yes. So I'm going to bring it up because it fits what you're saying. He says about purity, he says, purity does not begin in the body, yeah. but in the will. Yes. And from there, it flows outward, cleansing thought, imagination, and finally the body. Bodily purity is a repercussion or echo of the will. And this is the cash value statement. Life is impure only when the will is impure. Right. impure. Right. So St. Thomas talks about being a saint. He says, will it. will it? And the purity he's talking about is that orientation toward God, mm -hmm. that we put God first in our life, above my own desires, above my own wants, above my own needs, yeah. that I will trust God to provide for my needs, and I will put him first. And so I, I really encourage people to read that section of the catechism from paragraphs 12, 20, all the way through, um, excuse me, that's not 12, 14, 20. Mm -hmm. 1420 1420 through 1498 on the sacrament of confession the sacrament of forgiveness and the confession of sins and it, it's important to remember this sacrament was established by Jesus Christ and it's also important to remember that sin is a real offense against God who is real and he really loves us so when we sin it offends him because first of all he made us for union with himself and when we sin, we're destroying ourselves. You know, if you use, for instance, 
I have a chair here and I'm sitting on this chair and that's fine. Well, what if I bring a hippopotamus in here and put him on this chair? What's going to happen to the chair? Cruncho, this chair wasn't made to hold a hippopotamus. It's not its purpose. Okay, I have a pen in my hand. This pen is great for writing with, communication device. You know, I can write words down on a page. Sure. What if I decide to use this pen to pry open a door? Well, um, if I actually, it'll break the pen. And if I actually put it in the lock, I'll probably break the lock too. (laughs) So when we use a created thing for a purpose that it wasn't created for, we destroy it. Yeah. You know, the same thing is true of ourselves. We were made by God for God. Because, and God is love. We were made by love for love. You just nailed it when you said God is love. One of the things I just want to communicate here is there are some people in the church that want to say that God is mercy. You know, he's always mercy. Now, he's merciful, but I think a better description, he's also just but God is love. And you know what? Even in love, love can be exercised with justice. Well, and, and love, you know, is love really love when it's, when it's um, license? No. Is that love? No. Is that freedom? No. What is love? And, and the reality is in God, we think of these things, you know, in God, mercy and justice are not separate attributes. Mm-hmm. They're the same. They're one. They're one and the same attribute. His justice is merciful. His mercy is just. It's not justice to give a creature free will and then all their life they reject you. And at the end they say, oh, you say, oh, well, you know what? It's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry Mm -hmm. about it. No, God has given us all free will. And again, it comes back to free will, doesn't it? Yes, it does. We have the will to accept God or to reject him. And just as Jesus made it very clear in his parables, yes, I have to make the choice. And he spoke in parables because there were some people who were already rejecting him. They were already rejecting his message. Those who were open, those whose hearts were oriented toward God, would feel the pull. They would come toward him. He gives to everyone sufficient grace for salvation, but he's not going to force our will. He leaves us free. Why? Because love leaves the beloved free. If you have someone in your life that you say you're love and you're trying to control every aspect of their life, Hmm. you don't love them. That's not free love. That's not true love. Love leaves the beloved free. Now, love sacrifices for the beloved. Jesus Christ left us free. He also died on the cross, didn't he? When we sinned and fell away from God by our sin, God didn't abandon us to death. He promised a Savior, and the Savior came, and he paid a terrible price to make us free again. Remember what Paul said? He said, he said, The good I want to do, I don't do. And the evil I don't want to do, I do. What a wretched man I am. Who will save me? Jesus Christ. But it's not about, oh, he covers me with, with, he just covers over my sins and ignores them. No, Jesus Christ renews us from within. And so when we sin, we separate ourselves from God and from the church. So we go to confession and are renewed. We also make that personal act of, sorrow to God when we're when we're aware of sin. I love when Bishop Sheen says the only value in saying yes to God is you have freedom to say no. Free will. We'll be right back. The Bible on the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Lady.
Help the Helpless, a Minnesota St. Paul nonprofit organization chaired by Father of Tear and volunteers, is humbly asking you for your kind support to help the poor and the handicapped children in India and Ecuador. Through financial support from the help of the helpless benefactors, the children are provided with clothing, food, education, shelter, and the teachings of the Catholic Church. The mission is to help children thrive and become self-sufficient young adults leading productive lives. We also provide aid to poor families in Ecuador with food baskets, medicines, medical assistance, and help with funeral needs for the deceased. The work in India is done by Father Antonio's organization, St. Mary's. Healthcare news in today Ecuador, seems to be coming from everywhere done and everyone. It's confusing, at least, and untrustworthy at the worst. Call us at Dr. Asena is a faithful Catholic well-researched, To learn more, we'll please visit our website, www.helpthehelpless.org. God bless you. of utmost importance to Dr. Asena. Give Dr. Asetta a call for your obstetrics and gynecological needs at 661-695-6617. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Um, I just want to finish up with that whole thing on confession. In paragraph 1444 of the Catechism, Jesus, in imparting his, to his apostles his power to forgive sins, the Lord also gives them authority to reconcile sinners, most notably, um, to reconcile sinners with the church. This ecclesial dimension of their task is expressed most notably in Christ's solemn words to Peter. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth mm. shall be loosed in heaven. And that's in Matthew 16, 19. Right. In Matthew 18, 18. So the office of binding and loosing, which was given to Peter, was also assigned to the college of the apostles united to his head. The words bind and loose, the next paragraph, mean whomever you exclude from your communion will be excluded from your communion. With God, whomever you receive anew into your communion, God will welcome back into his. Reconciliation with the church is inseparable from reconciliation with God because the church is the mystical body of Christ. Mm. Okay. And there's the other aspect that's dealt with in paragraph 1459 is that when we sin, most of the time we're hurting our neighbor, aren't we? Yep. So is there, there is this aspect of coming back 
and repairing the damage we have done. And I know that the old example that was used when we were children, yeah. it still applies, and I think Bishop Sheen used it as, you know, and I think Bishop Sheen had it happen where you break somebody's window. I've done that. And you go to the neighbor, you're playing, the boys are playing baseball, <laughs> That's right? It. That's it. all goes through it. the window. And I mean, that <laughs> happened at, our, uh, at Terry's mom's house one day when my nephews were visiting, and they'd never played baseball before, and they hit the ball, and it went right through the window, and <laughs> boom. Anyway, so you say, I'm sorry, but that doesn't fix the window. Yeah. And as I think Bishop Sheen was the one, that he said when he was a child, he broke somebody's window, and the guy said, oh, don't worry about it. But he said, I felt this sense that I need to repair the damage. Yep. And that's what we know within ourselves. We need to repair the damage. And so we need to go to God and confess our sins and then do some form of penance. So that's that's confession. And that's why we confess our sins, because Jesus said to, first of all, Jesus is the one who said to it was his idea. And and it's good for the body. It's good for the soul. It's good for the psyche. It's interesting. Um, Carl Manager in his book, Mm -hmm. Whatever Became a Sin, said that 90 percent of all the mental illness that he was familiar with in his life was traceable to the loss of sense of sin. Yep. That when we lose a sense of sin, you know, that, that again, that sin is a real offense against God who is real, against someone who loves us. Mm. Then we have ruptured a love relationship. We need to repair that. So, yes, continue to make your private acts of confession, but, but go to the sacrament of confession to be reconciled with God and with the church, with your brothers and sisters. And I want to go to Sunday's readings. Now, remember, one of the things for the church, when she gives us the readings for, for um, if you go to Mass every day, you should meditate some on the readings. But um, also, it doesn't hurt to continue to meditate on the reading from Sunday throughout the week. Mm. So the gospel from long, last Sunday was Matthew 13, 24 through 43. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to summarize it. It's, it's the um, story of the kingdom of heaven is like, and what does it say? A man sows seed, good seed in his field, and while he's sleeping, an enemy comes and he sows weeds mm-hmm. among the wheat. And so when it starts to come up, his servants come and say, Master, mm-hmm. there are weeds within the wheat. And, and the master says, I see an enemy's hand in this. And the servants, well, should we go pull up the weeds? He says, no, you might pull the wheat up with them. Let them grow together to harvest time. And then... At harvest time, you will separate the weeds from the wheat, and the weeds you will take first and burn in the fire, Mm. and the wheat you will gather into my barn. And then, of course, he dismisses the crowd, and he explains the parable to his disciples, and he explains to them that the, the field is the world, the sower is Jesus Christ himself, he sows the word of God. The enemy is the devil, and the weeds are um, the children of the evil one. Mm-hmm. And he, the harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. So they will collect out of God's kingdom all who calls, cause others to sin and all evildoers. And they will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Mm-hmm. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the Father, Whoever has ears ought to hear. And again, we have that echoed in Thursday's, the reading for Thursday, the the day. And so there's a lot here. You know what I thought of when you were reading that gospel? Some people ask the question, why does God allow all these bad things to happen? And and when we talked about free will, we had this on Bishop Strickland Hour. Right. But I also say, 
There are a lot of evil people living on the planet with us right now. It's true. Okay? And God didn't just zap them and say, you're, you're done. He allows them to continue because of their free will to choose, hopefully, the good. But many times we choose evil. But that, but God doesn't stop us. In other words, he doesn't usurp our free will. Right. He allows us to live with the decisions we make. It's true. And there's also, but there's a reason for that. And the scripture tells us God adds days and years to the mm, life of the sinner well that he said. might repent. Now, don't go out there and say that I said, oh, we're supposed to sin so that God will add days and years to the life of the sinner. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not what God's saying. Mm-hmm. He wants us to repent. And his patience is directed toward our repentance. Mm-hmm. But remember also, when the people of Israel went down into Egypt under Joseph, God said, you will be in Egypt until the Canaanites have filled up the full cup of wrath. Mm. God will only tolerate our evil for so long. And if we continue in the hardness of our heart and refuse to repent, Mm. there will come a point when God will say, no more. It's closing time. It's closing time. Look at Genesis 6, Noah. He destroyed the entire world with Mm. the exception of Noah, his three sons, Noah's wife and the wives of his sons and the three wives of his sons, they each had one, and, and the animals that were on the ark. Wow. He destroyed everyone else. Wow. They had filled up the full cup of wrath. God was done with them. Sodom and Gomorrah. God said, I have heard of the wickedness of this people. And Abraham bargained with them. He said, look, what if I can find 10 good men? <laughs> what if you find 10 good men in the city? Would you destroy the place for the sake of the 10? And God said, if I can find 10 good men in that city, I won't destroy it. He couldn't find 10. <laughs> so Lot and his wife and their daughters were dragged out of the city, dragged, bodily dragged. The angels had to take them by the hand and take mm. them out of the city because they weren't willing to go. Yeah. And here, you know, and again, we get attached to living in sin and we don't want to leave it. God was saving Lot because of Abraham. So he, God drags him out and Lot leaves and mm-hmm. Sodom and Gomorrah destroyed. But the Canaanites, when Israel was down in Egypt, when the Canaanites, God gave them 450 years to repent of their sins. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that the men were 450 years old. It just means that he gave them that many generations. And they hadn't done it. So he brought Israel back out of Egypt to say, okay, it's time for the Canaanites. Their time has ended. We have a very patient God. We do. God is very patient. But remember, he, he won't be mocked. No. And he is just. And there will come a time when he says, no, I'm not going to allow you any more mortal sins. Mm-hmm. Repent today. Today is the day you have to repent. And so, yes, we need to repent of our sins. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so God has sown the seed in our hearts. And as Father pointed out in his sermon again this Sunday, Mm -hmm. it's not just different types of people. It's what's in my own heart. You know, and he read from us from Solzhenitsyn, the, the, the Russian dissident who spent time in the gulags, in Russia, because he didn't agree with the Communist Party line, right. and eventually was exiled to the West. But Solzhenitsyn said he came to understand that it's not about class struggle. It's not about one country versus another. It's not about one political party versus another. It's not about one's form of government versus another. Mm-hmm. It's not even about the oppressed and the oppressor. It's about the divide in the human heart that's caused by sin. Our own hearts are divided because of sin. And so we want to serve God, but we're also pulled towards sin. 
And we don't always call on God as strongly as we should because we're kind of attached to our sins sometimes. And so the divide is not about, you know, um, the rich versus the poor or the black versus the white or the the, the Native American people versus Mm -hmm. the people who came in to this land afterwards. It's about sin in my own heart. Mm. And have I given my heart totally to God to overcome the sin? Because the sin is already sown in my heart. Because Adam and Eve rejected God's grace. God gave them a perfect plan and they wouldn't go along with it. Now we want to do it our way. And now every one of us has to fight that fight. That we're tempted to say, God, I want to do it my way. I want to be God. I want to decide what's right and wrong. Mary, Bishop Sheen sang a song to us, one of his talks I listened to (laughs) on cassette tape when I was younger. Yes. And he said, there's a song they sing in hell. Yeah. I did it my way. There you go. And then he says, there's a song they sing in in heaven. I did it his way. And Mary, you and I are both Knights of the Immaculata. Yep. And St. Maximilian Colby had great advice to us, and I'm going to share that with our listeners. He said there are three stages in life. The first stage, your formation. The second stage, your apostolate, where your husband, wife, priest, nun, whatever God calls you to do. To serve the church, to, to build the kingdom. To serve the church, to build the kingdom. And then the third stage of life for most of us is suffering. Amen. And I have to tell you, when he said that to me through reading his books, I was probably 20, 21 years of age. Right. I was like, wow, never forget that. Yeah. That was profound. Because as Bishop Sheen had said many times to me on his cassette tapes I used to listen to, without Good Friday. There's no Easter Sunday. So it made sense to me. I hope it makes sense to you. We have to go through the suffering with Christ. Yeah, it's part of life. And the suffering is the dying to sin, the dying to myself so that God can live. What was it Paul said toward the end of his life? It is I who live, now not I, but Jesus Christ lives in me. Amen. I'm not here to do my own will. I'm here to do God's will. We're here to be like Christ. We're here to be a living image of Mm. Jesus Christ who said, I have not come to do my own will, but to do the will of my Father. Wow. When we come back, I'm going to twist my wife's arm, not just figuratively, (laughs) and ask her if she would talk a little bit about one of my favorite saints, St. Charbel. He's like a Padre Pio in the East. We'll be back to tell you about him and much more on the Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, you can get this on podcast also. We'll be right back.
How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb, not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance, or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org, or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Well, welcome back. And this hour is just going too fast. There's so much here. Sunday in his sermon, when Father talked about this passage in the gospel, mm. he quoted paragraph 827 from the, from the, um, from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And I'm just going to read you uh, a quote from Paul VI about the church and what it is. The church is therefore holy, though having sinners in her midst, because she herself has no other life but the life of grace. Mm. If they live her life, her members are sanctified. Mm. If they move away from her, they fall into sin and disorders that prevent the radiation of her sanctity. This is why she suffers and does penance for those off offenses of which she has the power to free her children through the blood of Christ and the gift of the Holy Spirit. But in the paragraph before that, the catechism is talking about charity. And there's a quote here from St. Therese of Lisieux. And this beautiful, beautiful quote, if the church was a body composed of different members, it couldn't lack the noblest of all. It must have a heart, a heart burning with love. And I realized that this love alone was the true motive force which enabled the other members of the church to act. If it ceased to function. The apostles would forget to preach the gospel. Wow. The martyrs would refuse to shed their blood. Mm. Love, in fact, is the vocation which includes all others. It is a universe of its own, comprising all time and space. It is eternal. And what St. Therese of Lisieux concluded was, this was her vocation, mm. to be in the heart of the church, love. The love that inspires. And this is the wheat and the tares. Are we going to be the wheat, which is the love that inspires and sets a fire? Or are we going to be the tares that tears the church apart? (laughs) To um, do a little play on words there. So we all have to examine our own hearts Mm -hmm. and ask. And we each need to make that decision. And again, like Father said, you know, someday we may be wheat. Someday we may be tares. That's what confession is for, which we talked about. 
earlier in the show. So now we want to talk about... St. Charbel, please pray for us. That's right. St. Charbel, please pray for us. And St. Charbel is a beautiful, beautiful Mm -hmm. example of holiness. He um, is from Lebanon. He was a Lebanese monk, and he spent the last years of his life as a hermit praying. And people don't often understand hermits, but again, it's like, you know, the Carmelite sisters, like what St. Therese of Lisieux was, she was there behind the scenes praying for the church. She prayed for missionaries. As a matter of fact, to get back to St. Therese of Lisieux, she would get letters. She would correspond with missionary mm-hmm. priests. And um, the missionary priests, one priest said, he said, I don't think I can continue with my mission because my feet are just getting so sore I can't walk anymore. So Trez asked the Lord if she could carry his pain. And Trez, her feet, there she was in, in France, mm. thousands of miles away from this missionary. Her feet got so sore she could barely walk. Wow. And that missionary wrote back to her and said, Wow, I guess I'm getting used to all this walking. My feet are great. Beautiful. <laughs> and this is St. Charbel. He lived from um, 1828 to 1898. Some people ask if he's still alive. No, he lived. He died in 1898 in Lebanon. Um, he was ordained in 1858. He was very devoted to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and he spent the last 23 years of his life as a hermit. Well, Carmelites are hermits. Yep. In the sense that they they do live in community, but their life is oriented totally toward God. To bear for the church burdens, to gain graces Mm -hmm. like that, like St. Therese said, to be love in the heart of the church so that the apostles could preach and and the martyrs could shed their blood. And um, St. Charbel was one of these men who went to be a hermit. And as a priest, he was a hermit, and he prayed the last 23 years of his life. He offered himself in sacrifice for the good of the church. And so many examples of good, holy men. Some are called to be to an active life, to preach the gospel, to like St. Camillus de Lillis, who we celebrated last Saturday, who had been a, a gambler mm-hmm. and a soldier and um, was addicted to gambling. And then he got wounded, and some Franciscan brothers took him in, and they yeah. healed him. They, they took care of him, but he had this horrible wound that never healed. And so he founded a religious order called the Hospitaller Brothers, and on their shirt and cloak, they wore a red cross. Right. They had a red cross printed on them. And St. Camillus de Lillis, they took a fourth vow, and their fourth vow was a vow to serve the sick even to the point of death. Wow. To, to forget about themselves, and mm-hmm. St. Camillus de Lis lived in 1550 to 1614, to forget about themselves and to live fully to serve the sick. So basically, if he was alive today, he would be risking his life to help COVID-19 patients. Absolutely. Like the priests in Ireland during the potato famine who went out and spent themselves hearing confessions and anointing the sick. And the, sick, the, the, the peasants of Ireland who were dying from the, the lack of food didn't ask the priests to save their lives. They said, please give us the sacraments of the church so that we can go to God with the graces he has made available to us. They, they had a very supernatural outlook on life back then. Yeah. And you know, Mary, this is one of the things that I think challenges us in the church today, that we aren't looking enough on the supernatural. We're looking about the natural, like our our. Our health, right, but not our spiritual health enough. Exactly, and the priests and the bishops are our spiritual fathers. That's right. They're they're not our they're not doctors, medical doctors. Nope. 
I mean, some some priests are medical doctors. I, I will I know a priest oh, yeah. who was a medical doctor and then was ordained a priest. But but their their primary aspect is to serve the spiritual needs of the people. And so this this is what we need to pray for our priests, that they will have the courage and the strength, our priests and bishops, to stand against the powers of the world, the flesh and the devil. You know, we have to fight our own flesh and we have yeah. to fight the world and to say, no, we are not going to give in. Jesus Christ came to save us and he came to establish his kingdom, but his kingdom is not a kingdom of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my subjects would be fighting to have me released, but my kingdom is not here. We are supposed to be the wheat that allows Christ to shine through us, to spread the light of Christ in the world. But how can we if we're not connected to Christ? And again, I come back to the Eucharist. Amen. Jesus Christ is still present among us. He really lives in the tabernacle. And I, I thought the archbishop, when he asked for the, the now, that, now that the governor has shut us down, shut down the, mm-hmm. the state again, the archbishop said, okay, we'll have masses set outside, but please me. leave your churches open for adoration. Which we do. Because then that's why we do it, because the archbishop asked for this. You, know, you don't have thousands and thousands of people coming in for adoration, but you can have you know, hundreds and thousands of people coming for mass. So we have the masses outdoors, and by the way, go to the department, the California Department of Health website and look up their guidelines for wearing face masks. There are some people who aren't supposed to wear face masks, and there are places where you don't need to wear a face mask. So when you're outside and you can maintain a distance of six feet from people, you don't need to wear a face mask. If you're exercising outside, you don't need to wear a face mask. Right. If people have asthma or anxiety or some kind of mental condition that makes them anxious when, or nervous when they wear a mask, they're not supposed to wear a mask. Yep. So understand that you know the guidelines are guidelines, and, and they're, they're not hard and fast rules that we need to be beating people up about. Yeah. But um, the point of it is the, the archbishop asked, leave the churches open for adoration because there aren't going to be 100 people in the church for adoration. Right. But we should be handful. there with Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is there. He is the answer. He is the one who is going to give us the answer because we were made by God. We were made for God. How are we going to get to heaven if we don't even know God? And God is present in our midst. Jesus Christ is still Emmanuel, God with us in the Eucharist. He's really here. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, talking about St. Charbel, here at the Sacred Heart Chapel on the 22nd of each month, we have a Mass dedicated of St. Charbel. And it's at 7 p.m. on the 22nd of July. So the following month in August, it'll be the 22nd, Queenship of Mary. But it's a beautiful experience to come. It's a Melkite Rite Mass, so don't be surprised. Right. You say, wait a minute. And they're in union with Rome. Absolutely. They're, they're, part of the, the La- they're, they're part of the Roman Catholic Church. And the interesting thing I didn't mention about yes. St. Charbel Tell is the, the Padre Pio, what you said yeah. about the Padre Pio of oh, Lebanon. Yeah. So many miracles, even during his lifetime. Hey, for the first he, people would come to him for prayers, if, and miracles would be worked. Yeah. And, and then after he died, and he said, and, and not just Christians, Muslims, Muslims have come oh, to the shrine where St. Charbel was a hermit. And have prayed and have it's received miracles and in answer to their prayers. There was a Muslim couple who okay, brought their baby. Right. Their baby was it's so sick story, and the baby died on the way. And the wife was afraid to tell her husband. So she brought him in and she laid him on the top of St. Charbel's tomb. And she's just like, I have to go tell my husband. So she left the church to go tell her husband that the baby had died. 
And these people come running out after her and saying, ma'am, go get your baby. Your baby woke up and he's crying. He's going to fall off that, that tomb there. You've got to go get him. And, mm. and they went back and here the baby was alive. Her baby, she, the baby had died in her arms and had been dead for a while. And now the baby was alive. And so they became Christian. Yeah. Just, Mary, there's so many. Father Gabriel, who will say the mass on the 22nd yes. in Florida, he was pastoring down there about 10 years ago. Yeah. And he tells a story of a man who had fourth stage cancer. Yes. And the doctor said, go take care of business because you're, you're going to die. And Father Gabriel, who sang Mass for us on the 22nd, took a first-class relic of St. Charbel, blessed the man, and he was instantly cured. Amen. And he's alive today. And these are the kind of miracles that St. Char- Charbel is working. And he, that's why they call him this Padre Peel of the East. Yeah, yeah. Just, and he it calls us to repentance. Yep. He calls us to live the life of Christ fully. Amen. You know, we either have to choose God. We have a choice. Right. God gave us freedom. And God didn't make anyone to go to hell. He only made hell because the devil rebelled against him. Right. So he made hell for his Satan and his angels. He made all of us to go to heaven. And he wants us all to go to heaven. And he gives everyone sufficient grace. But he's not going to violate your free will because he wants you to love. God is love. He loves freely. And love, in order to be love, has to be free. If it's coerced, it's not love. And that's why a marriage has to be, both parties, freely given. Freely given. Yes. And that question is asked. Do you come here of your own free will without any reservation or coercion? Well said. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can see that we're talking on Bible with the Barbers, but we're giving you some saints, answering some questions on the faith. If you have questions, you can always go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org, get the app, ask your questions. Next week, we'll do it again. And again, I want to remind you, all these shows are on podcasts. And like us on your entertainment, where your YouTube or Facebook, mm-hmm. and send it to your friends. They say, well, I want a Bible study. Well, you're getting one right here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Also, just to plug, the uh, we have new shows coming on. Dr. Louis Sandoval has a new show about mental health, spiritual health, being done together. It's a great show. That would be something I would ask you to listen to. And then don't forget Bishop Joseph Strickland's show every Tuesday at 12 noon on Virgin Most Powerful. May God richly bless you and your family. You did great. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests. Oh, my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole church, Grant it love and the light of thy spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great high priest, may the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio. 
sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.